0: Thank you. a great day to be alive, isn't it? It's a beautiful day. Football season is just around the corner, which means another wonderful year for the Washington Redskins. Man, I'm excited about that. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to talk about the Redskins this year. Who said that? Some cowboy fan. And you know what? If you're a cowboy fan, there's a church down the street that's better suited for you. No, just... Uh, you can put your offering in here and go there, that's fine. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you're here. We've been on vacation, or kind of been on vacation, but um, been the way. It's good to be back. Good to see you all here today. And I appreciate Jason and uh, his uh, inspiration for the series. I told him back a few months ago, so Jason, I think it, uh, it's time for you to put together a series and pray and ask the Lord, and he did a great job, he and Kelly, and I appreciate the staff. we got a great staff here at Salem Fields, that, you know. We really do. Uh, A lot of them you never see that work behind the scenes, and then some you do see more visible, but I tell you, it's a team that has come together and works together, and um, I, uh, you know, Gay's done a great job of bringing us together as a team, and uh, it's a privilege to serve with them. So, anyway, enough said. uh, Maybe you've heard the story about a little girl who went back to school on the first day of school, and uh, she was uh, drawing a picture. And she was using all of her crayons, and the teacher came up, being the teacher that they are, and she said to her, what are you drawing? What are you drawing? And she said, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the little, uh, but, but nobody knows what God looks like, the teacher said, and to which the little girl said, they will when I'm finished. <laughs> you know, we're starting a new series today uh, called Back to School, and our prayer is that during this series, that you will get a better picture of God. That you'll get a clearer picture of who God is. Now, during this series, we're going to look at what we as believers, uh, uh, some important truths for believers from the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It's kind of our, um, it's kind of our uh, scripture, our theme scripture for the series. And it reads this way. The Bible says, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all. Who is in all? Uh, who is? Um, I'm sorry. Who is overall in all and living through all? Now, there are some statements in these two verses that uh, that are just too big, um, too big, or uh, maybe too complicated, whatever, uh, to get a complete understanding by just reading that. We can read that on the surface and and uh, we can draw some insight, but they're just too big to understand by just reading through them. Today, we're gonna to talk about the Trinity, uh, which what, what is a huge subject to dive into. The Trinity is uh, one of those things that says to us there are some truths about the gospel, there are some truths about the Bible that are just too big for us to wrap our little minds around. Now, which is one of the reasons I've never preached the message on the Trinity. In my nearly 30 years of full-time ministry, I don't ever remember preaching a message on the Trinity. Uh, And that goes back uh, to youth ministry and through my my ministry here at Salem Fields. And uh, that's one of the reasons it's uh, just kind of too big for this little-minded guy. Another reason is the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. You can search the uh, the Bible from cover to cover and the word Trinity is not mentioned. And that's actually not as unusual, uh, uh, not that unusual, because there are a number of theological theories not found openly in the Bible that Christian scholars and church history and tradition have validated over the past 2,000 years. There's the theory of uh, uh, omnipotence or omnipresent, and and there's those theological concepts that are not mentioned in the Bible. Uh, Another reason. that there's no uh, direct teaching from the Bible and the Trinity. And so it makes it hard to preach on something that you can't find a passage of Scripture which to speak from. But the series of uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, the theory is certainly biblical. Um, I'm trying to get back into practice here, okay? My, it's been a long time since I've been up here. And, um, but in Matthew chapter 28, we read these words. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, as some have done here today. Some have worshipped Him, but some may have doubted. Maybe even you're here today. And you doubt this Christian stuff. You doubt this uh, Trinity. You doubt this Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, this three-in-one God. And some there doubted. Then Jesus came to them, and He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus is saying, since uh, all authority has been given to me, he's saying, therefore, since all authority has been given to me, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. The Bible says if we do that, Jesus says, and surely I will be with you always To the very end of the age. Now, the King James Version, I always like that. It says, Lo, I am always with you. And I had a friend that every time I said, Let's fly somewhere, he'd say, No, the Bible says, Jesus says, Lo, I will always be with you. And so he never would fly. I don't know if he ever has uh, to this day. But another reason I've never preached on the Trinity is because it is one of those doctrines that Christians worldwide accept, but we have a tough time explaining. We have a tough time explaining the idea of one God in three persons, three in one. It's a concept we have a hard time getting our head around. Now, at Salem Fields, we have have our belief on that, and we believe this about the Trinity. We believe in one eternally existent, infinite God, uh, sovereign of the universe, That he is only God, creative and administrative, holy in nature, attributes and purpose. That he is, as God, uh, is triune and essential being, revealed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now you got that? (laughs) You see why it's so hard to wrap our minds around that? But if you take that statement and you really break it down, there's some real uh, helpful. uh, There's some real helpful, and there's some real truths. In this about the facts of the Trinity. The first truth that we find is that the Trinity is an eternal truth about who God is. It's an eternal truth about who God is. The Trinity means that God exists in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity also means that these three persons uh, eternally exist as one God. And number four, since these three persons of the Trinity share exactly the same attributes, whatever may be said of the one member of the Trinity may be said of the other two. And the fifth thing that we learned, that the members of the Trinity are equal in every respect. And last fact that we find there is all three members of the Trinity have always existed. Now I'm going to do a little whiteboard session with you, so welcome back to school. Okay, I did this in honor of the teachers. I'm not a teacher, I can promise you that. I am a preacher. Uh, but I'm not a teacher. But this little diagram that I learned way back in Bible school, I've learned really way back maybe at vacation Bible school when somewhere in there I've been taught about the Trinity. And I've used this uh, little, so I'll be the teacher and you be the students, okay? No misbehaving. You know what I always loved is when we had a student teacher. I always love that, because you can always get over on the student teacher. You could probably get over on me. But anyway, any student, any, uh, student teachers in here or substitute teachers? That's good. Okay. <laughs> here's what I want to look at. We got one God. Right here we have God. And we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three, uh, one God in three persons. Now here's what we need to know. The Father is not the Holy Spirit. Okay? And, uh, and the Son is not the Father. And the Son is not the Holy Spirit. But here's what we know. The Father is God. We know that the Son is God. And we know that the Holy Spirit is God. Now, you get that, right? The Father is not the Holy Spirit. And the Father, or the Son is not the Father. And the Son is not the Holy Spirit. But each is God. Now, we're going to talk about that. Uh, just a little more, I will leave that up and it'll be on the, on the screen and those online will have that as well so that you can kind of think on that. You see, God exists in three persons uh, and these three are one God, united in substance. Now I'll talk about what that substance means a- in just a bit. Now with the Holy Spirit, I mean with the three persons, the one God, there is never any disagreement between them. There's never any disagreement where the Son says, I'm better than you. Or there's never any disagreement that the father uh, and the son get into a disagreement on who they are and the substance of who they are. There's never any division. You see, there, there is never any conflict. There's never any disagreement. You, you see, this, the, the, the unity of the Trinity is really what's supposed to be the unity of the church. Where over the over the central doctrines of the church, the central beliefs of the church, there should never be any disagreement or conflict or division. You see, we worship one God in Trinity, and the Trinity in unity. So we we are in unity uh, through the Trinity, where there is uh, three persons, one God. Again neither confounding the persons or, or dividing the substance. Now, the term substance refers to whatever it means to be God. Now, the term substance uh, is it's the essence of godness, if, there's, if that's okay. All three persons fully possess the substance of godness. Whatever God is made up of, they all have the substance of Godness. All three persons fully possess the substance of Godness. All three are fully God. It's the essence of Godness. All three persons possess, fully possess the substance of Godness. All three are fully God. No one person is more God than another. No one person is more God than the other. You see, the Son is God, the Father is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and none is more than the other. They're all God, the substance of God. You see, the the statement also means that you can't divide or split the Trinity. Now, the Father is not somehow more God than the Son or the Spirit. The Son is is in no way less than fully God. The Spirit is just as much God as the Father and the Son. Now, the substance cannot be divided. The Lord our God is one. Can you say that with me? The Lord our God is one. We can say that better. The Lord our God is one. Now, but in order to properly understand God, we have to understand and look at uh, God from three sides. So I want us to do that from three sides this morning. When Christians speak of God, uh, we are speaking of a creative power behind our universe. When we speak of God, we're speaking of the creative power behind our universe. Now, the majority of people that are here today, I would say the majority of people watching online, the majority of people in the world believe in a creator God. Now, I know there are many out there that don't believe, and they, they say they're atheists and all that. They don't believe, and I get that. But the majority of people do. This, this belief is certainly not just a belief to Christians. You see, in fact, to most of us, the idea that this universe came into being without a supreme intelligence, uh, uh, supreme intelligence guiding it, it's almost ridiculous. I mean, you look at the, the world that we live in, you look at ourselves and, and the order in which the world is put together, the order in which we're put together, there, there has to be this sense that there was an intelligence behind all that. As Christians, we believe God is the creative uh, uh, person, the creator. Uh, God is behind the the supreme intelligence, the majesty of the mountains, when you see the mountains. Uh, One of the reasons I love where I grew up at in the Shenandoah Valley was that I could get up and I could see the mountains. When I get up here, I gotta drive to see the mountains. I love the mountains, but you know, you, the, the majesty of the mountains, the trees, the skies, you get out at night when you get out of the city lights and you get out and you look up at the sky, it almost takes your breath away. You know, the, and, and you see the, 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 such beauty. You have this feeling of gratitude. I mean, when, a, when the sun rises in the morning and you're up early and, and this beautiful sky and the sun is rising Or at night when the sun is going down and it's beautiful, and I've seen all these pictures over the ocean, and and you see the beautiful mountains, you drive into the mountains and the trees, and in the fall they're just all blooming and they're all beautiful. What do we normally say? Thank you, God. Wow. What a God we have. I mean, we almost instinctively give credit and thanks and gratitude to the Creator God. We instinctively give thanks to God the creator and sustainer of our world. You know, people who do not believe in a creator God are faced with this temptation to say, I am God, to be our own God, or we have this temptation to create our own God in our image if we don't believe in this creator God because we're all created with a need for God. But the problem that I see here when it comes to a creator God and it's something that, I, that I've had to wrestle with in my own spiritual life. The, the problem when I see a creator God is he seems so distant from me. I mean, he's somewhere out there. And, 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 and that he somehow, we have this sense that he is unreachable. You know, how do I get in contact with this God who created the universe? He's too big for me, too powerful for me, that he's untouchable, he's unreachable. That somehow, some have the belief that, that God came and he created this beautiful universe and he hung the stars and the moon and the sky and he blew breath into our lungs. And then he took off. And somehow he has disappeared. And so God had to become a loving father. God had to become a, a, a loving father and become one of us. So, so he came as a baby who, who was born in a manger in a stable in the Bethlehem of Judea. And the world would never be the same again when he was born. The world would never be the same again. And when when we could not reach up to God, when God was unknowable, when God was a distant God, when God seemed untouchable, and when we reached up, when when we could not reach up to God, God reached down to us in the life of Jesus, whom we call the Son, the Christ. How else could God show us his great love for us? except by emptying himself of who he was and humbling himself and experiencing what it means to be a human so he could understand and and we could be understood. And he did that by putting skin on and moving into our neighborhood. You see, when Christians speak of God, we speak of a creative power, a creative power that created the universe. But we're also speaking of a loving father, who has entered the universe through his son, Jesus Christ. And we're also speaking of one more thing when it comes to understanding God, a divine presence, a divine presence in our lives. In the scripture, Jesus promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He would never leave us alone or helpless. He said he would send a counselor, a helper, a friend, and yes, God is the creative force behind our universe, and God is the loving Father Jesus revealed to us. But God is also the presence of God, so that God could be with His people through the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we could have a personal relationship with God, where God could give us direction and guidance and counsel, and He could talk to us, and we could talk to Him. He came as a friend, as a helper so that we could experience the presence of God in our lives and also to give us a sanctifying power. Now, this sanctifying power that I'm speaking of uh, uh, helps us overcome our human limitations and it helps us overcome our failures. The sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit God in our lives is so that we can live an abundant life here and now. And throughout eternity. You see, so many of us have this mindset that I can't wait to get through this world so I can live that abundant life and I can be in commune with God. And I'm saying to you, Jesus says, I have come in John chapter 10, 10. He said, I've come that you may have life and you may have life abundantly. And he did not mean when we die. And so he came to live with us, in us. So that we can have the power over our limitations. The power over our failures. And that we can live an abundant life. Now and throughout eternity. You see it's the testimony of scripture. That there's a power in the universe. That can help us live in victory. Over sin and death. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. This is the Holy Spirit. That that does in our lives. For those of us who are willing to surrender to his lordship. And receive all that he has in his fullness. You see, it's not about causing us to do strange things or act strange or dance around or speak in an unknown language. It's the presence of God within us speaking to us to help us be all that we can be. Can you imagine if we could understand the God, the creative force of the universe, the God that hung the stars and the moon lives in us and the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same power lives in us. If we could grasp that church, can you imagine the mighty force we could be? in our world that so desperately needs us to stand up and be all that God created us to be. You see, we're not alone anymore. There is one who is with us. So in closing, I I hope you, you have a better understanding of the Trinity. I could go on and on and on, but I got confused. But that's not hard to do, but... I hope you, you know, I hope you have a clear picture of who God is. You see, the, the Trinity for Christians is for us a way of, for us to better understand, better relate to one, the one true God, this God, the creative powerful God, that the Trinity is a way that you and I, God created so that we could relate to him and have a relationship with him. Nothing like that deer part. I wonder what creek they get that out of. Probably comes from Kiesel Town. Oh, thank you. But in order to have a true appreciation of God's nature, again, we need to see God from three different sides. God has created power. God is a, as a loving father. And God is an empowering presence seeking to give us victory in our lives today. So let me encourage you today. As you think about the Trinity, you know, and and I think the Trinity has been a stumbling block for many people when it comes to our faith. And when you you think about the Trinity, if you ever do, and I'm sure you do, but when you think about the Trinity, don't limit your thinking to just some theological concept or some diagram on a chalkboard. Don't just think of that that as something that's not mentioned in the Bible and and it's way out there and it's it's a theory by some theologians. Don't just think of that. As followers of Jesus, we are loved by the Father, saved by the Son, and led and comforted by the Spirit. All three persons of the Trinity are at work in your life if you're a believer. All three are at work in your life. They All three are at work in the life of this church and every church that's meeting anywhere else in the whole world today. And in the life of this world. As I was thinking about the Trinity and thinking, you know, how can I make this, you know, something that's that's more personal? I, I began to think about what it means to me personally in my real life. You know, this is just a small part of my life. You know, I I go home at night and I, you know, and I I get up in the morning, I put my britches on one leg at a time. You know, I'm not Superman. You know, I have a real life where I was in traffic for two hours from Quantico the other day. I couldn't just put on my, you know, and fly. I don't know how y'all do that. You're saints from heaven (laughs) that do commuting. I prayed for you guys. I thought, good Lord, I will not get home until church on Sunday. Oh, and I love that, commu- that uh, new HOV lane. That really helps out. That was backed up to Woodbridge, it looked like. And you paid $10 or something. Anyway, I won't go there. But I'm thinking about this. In my real life, and God re- reveals something very simple to me, probably because I'm a pretty simple guy. For me, in my everyday real life, there are times when I just need a Father. You know, there are times I just need a daddy that I can crawl up on his lap and and know that everything is going to be okay because I'm in my daddy's arms. You know, I look at these, we've had a mass birth of boys around here, and I see these little boys come in, and I see their daddy's holding them and hugging them, and, and that baby just looks so content and so happy because he's in his daddy's arms, and everything is going to be okay because my daddy's here. My loving father, he loves me. I never knew my dad. I was never able to crawl up into my loving arms of my father and feel him and hear him say, Atta boy. But I can crawl up in the lap of my, my heavenly father and I can know that he loves me just like I am. And when I feel like I'm a nothing and a nobody, my daddy can tell me that I am a somebody. And he can say to me, Atta boy, you're a good boy. You're a good son. And when I get to heaven one day, my father's going to say to me, well done, good and faithful, servant." At least I hope he does. Because he's my loving father. You know, Jesus experienced the need for a father on the cross. He said, Papa, Father, Abba, Daddy, Abba, Father. You can, can't you? Get me out of this. Daddy, I need out of this. And in the arms of our loving father, we just feel like it's going to be okay. Then there are just times that, that I just need a friend. You know, I, I just need someone who understands me. You know, someone who just lets me be me, who accepts me and loves me just like I am. You know, where I don't mess up. I don't, you know, that I do things when I mess up that it's just going to be okay because I'm your friend that's going to stick closer to a brother and you can't do nothing that's going to cause me to leave. I'm going to stay around, buddy. I've had so many people walk out of my life that I thought were my friends. Jesus has never walked out. When he walked in, he stayed in. And he's a friend. The Bible says greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life, lay down one life, one's life for one's friend. And you know what Jesus says? You are my friends. You are my friends. Then there are times I just need some guidance. There are times in my life I just need a counselor. I just need somebody to help me figure this out. And there's times I need a power, just a power more than willpower. You know, willpower is only good for so much power. But sometimes I just need power to say no, or I need power to just keep going. I need power to just to live in this world. And I have just that in the presence of the Holy Spirit that lives in me and in you and lives and reigns in my life. Jesus said, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. You see, for me, just knowing, understanding, experiencing the love of the Father, knowing that I have a friend who loved me enough to die for me and a power and presence living in me to give me guidance and comfort and power leads me to believe that this God, this Creator God, after all, is a loving God. He's just not some distant God that's untouchable. I can have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And he loves me unconditionally. And that's what reminds me that the Trinity is more than a theological theory. And understanding the Trinity, for me, understanding the Trinity gives me a fresh new awareness of God all around me. It gives me a fresh new awareness of God in all of his fullness as Father, Son, and Spirit. And it has deepened my spiritual life. This week it has deepened my spiritual life. It has expanded my vision of God's kingdom and the work that God has for me to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That takes on new meaning. It gives me new energy, and it gives me an urgency to reach people who don't know Jesus. And that's what I hope and pray for you today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your presence here. We thank you that you're, you have shown up, God, through your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for those that are here today and watching online. God, we pray in these closing moments, God, that you would just be ever present in the life of each person here, Lord. Maybe you're here today and you just need a loving father. You just need a daddy that you can crawl up in their arms and on their lap and just know that everything's gonna be okay because of my father's here. Daddy's here. Or maybe you're here today and you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need a relationship with God. You need to know that God is real and experience Him. And you need to reach out to Jesus today and accept Him and receive His love for you. And then maybe you're here today and, you know, you're at wit's end and, and you just need... Some godly counsel. You need some wisdom. You need direction. Maybe you need comfort in your life. And the Holy Spirit is here to give you just that. So we're gonna close and just with a song. And, and if I just invite you, if you want to come and pray here, you don't have to do that, but you can. But if you just, you know, maybe whatever you need today, God is here in his fullness. The Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And whatever you need from God today, God is here to bring healing and hope in your life. If you're not a believer today, and you want to reach out to the Son today and invite Jesus Christ into your life, I challenge you to receive, I challenge you to receive him and pray those words that are going to be sung today as you sing them, sing them as a prayer to God and receive Christ. So let's all stand, and let's all sing this song like we really believe it. And let's, let's, let's at least let each other know what our faith and what we believe today as we worship together in closing.